Welcome to the Voice of Fandom Podcast. The one place where you, yes, you, you, the viewer, the fan gets to connect and interact live with the host and talk about your favorite sports team, athlete, or game of the week. And speaking of host, he's straight up, straight to the point. And with a mic in his hand, he lets you know he don't give a sh**. Former pro wrestler and your host, Kingston Robinson. We not wasting no more time. Yeah, you know what it is. Oh, this this episode is a whole another level. Y'all know what's going on. <laughs> um, if you don't know by the title, if if you just somehow clicked on this and yeah, you just have no idea. It's my birthday. Uh, I'm turning up 27 this year. And uh, I guess we're just going to kick it off with a podcast. I woke up this morning with balloons and a card from my wonderful wife. Uh, She has this whole weekend mapped out. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing right after this podcast um, besides uh, dinner plans so far for tonight. Uh, But other than that, uh, I have no idea. But first, before I get into anything, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so far for not just the support for the podcast, but also all of the birthday wishes that have already started to scream in since midnight um, of this coming day. It's been crazy. I think every year I get really surprised and really shocked about the outpour from my uh, previous wrestling community, from my friends to uh, athletes and all, all the people that I've run into in the past few years, I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's, it's kind of a reminder, especially nowadays in 2020 and how 2020 has gone. There's definitely a good reminder that, uh, there's still some good vibes out there. There's still some love out there. Like it's, it's, it's still going, but this year has been wild. And, um, I, I was trying to think about what was going to be the theme of this show. Uh, If I was going to keep it standard and do the things that I've been doing, if I was just going to do like a yearly recap of uh, how 2020 has gone. But then again, it's like, oh, man, why why would we recap 2020? We're already waiting for it to end. So this is what I'm going to do. We're going to be on here live. If you jump in here, share it, because all we're going to do is talk shit. I already got my drink in my cup. I got a uh, Miss Jamie Jameson in here, some Jameson and ginger ale. And uh, we just going to get this right. All we're going to do is just sit here and talk shit um, and talk about whatever we want. Yeah, we'll start with sports because that's that's what people are here for. But, hey, it's just going to be about whatever, whenever, however. Uh, and that's how today is going to go. So once again, shout out to everybody. Shout out to all the love that has come through. Uh, shout out to all of my new followers on Twitter. I've probably gained uh, uh, 150 or so since I've started this podcast, since I started uh, working with a few other uh, brands that have helped me build this podcast up, all of that. So I really appreciate that. Uh, shout out to all my people on Facebook. I know if getting a Facebook happy birthday, it it's gotten cheapened over the time because 
you know, now Facebook just alerts you every day when it's someone's birthday. So, but (laughs) I've had people hit me up today and talk to me like it's been a normal day all day. And I, I typically don't feed into uh, big birthday things. I don't like uh, to, which this is so weird to say, knowing that I've uh, not only been a professional wrestler, but uh, like I, I used to dance. I was on the drum line. Um, you know, all these things that are very like uh, center focused. I'm even on a podcast right now where, you know, the outcome is having someone listen to you for the amount of time that you're on here. I'm not really a huge fan of the attention on me. Even when I was wrestling, my biggest thing for wrestling was to create an experience to where people could escape from their everyday lives. And I was part of that escape. So a lot of my, you know, push and a lot of my motivation to continue wrestling or to do things in entertainment is to help people get away from the possible bullshit that they have going on in their lives. And that's what's always led me into the entertainment field. That's why I became a bartender. I enjoy the craft. I enjoy, you know, mixology. I enjoy creating things that someone maybe have never had before. But I also enjoy the fact that it's also another stage to where people go to literally, like people literally go to the bar to get away from their problems. And I just happen to have a knack for falling into avenues that way. And I love that. But when it comes to celebrating birthdays and things of that nature, I usually fall back on because there's not something that I can do to help someone else on my birthday. It is supposed to be about, you know, my birthday. And, um, you know, the past few years, I've had some friends that have really, you know, shelled out, um, Rest in peace to my guy, Daniel Scar. He got me my first drink. He took me to the club for the first time for my birthday with a, well, he didn't take me. He was running the club and got me a section in a booth and bottles and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I know a lot of people like they do that on their birthday all the time. But at that point in time in my life, uh, I was turning 22. So, wow, that's already five years ago. Um, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do anything like that at the time. And Scar, amazing guy, uh, bartender, known around Atlanta all the time, club, dive bar, wherever you go to, you throw his name up. Somebody in there has either been hired by him or worked a job for him or whatever. Uh, But he got me my first drink. He, uh, He got me basically drunk for the first time because we had several bottles. Uh, in the booth, uh, plus mixers. And then he brought shots and it it was a wild, wild thing. And then of course, the next night, you know, you got to pull your shit together because if you're going to be about the life, you got to be about the life and, you know, uh, drink your Gatorade, go and work out in the morning and then be ready to wrestle the next day. Um, so that's, oof. it's, it's really crazy how uh, life has, life has gone. Uh, but I really enjoy where my life is right now. Um, I, I don't necessarily crave that kind of lifestyle anymore. I'm, I'm not there in my life anymore. Uh, I enjoyed it for the time that I was there. I mean, Atlanta is its own, it's its own fucking entity. And for anyone that's lived there 
or visited there. They know that. And that's why people go there so much. But I I enjoy so much where my life is right now. Um, I'm happily married. I am in a new, new location, which the location, it is not the best. I mean, for those that live in Virginia and y'all love Virginia, that is, that is great for you. I am so glad that you are happy about where you are. Uh, but this place is trash. Um, it doesn't help that, uh, you know, 2020 and COVID came down with the one, two punch and this year's been what it has been, but man, I, I could not, I could not, uh, ask for anything else. And, uh, I am very excited. I am very, uh, I don't, I, I guess excited is just the best word that I got um, uh, for this weekend, uh, for the rest of this year, because I feel that when my birthday happens, it like officially kicks off holiday season, you know, because you got Halloween right around the corner, then Thanksgiving, then Christmas, then New Year's. Then it's like, okay, thank God 2021 is here. Let's hope it is not 2020 part two, because boy, it's been a shit show. <laughs> But with all that being said, um, I don't I, it's I'm I'm here. I I was really debating on doing a show today or not, just because uh one, it's my birthday. Two, uh my brain is so scatterbrained with what could be happening this weekend, uh, what could be happening, you know, today or you know, just in a few hours. Uh, my phone has been on fire and this is the first year, which I didn't think about this, but this is the first year where I didn't turn off my notifications and things like that. Uh, as my birthday hit usually every year, uh, unless I'm out, but every year where I'm just like chilling by myself or like maybe my birthday plans are on that, uh, the oncoming weekend, I usually turn my notifications off my phone. Um, and that's Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, like all that. Uh, matter of fact, half of them are off anyways, naturally, just because my phone blows up enough. Um, and I, I, it bothers me when I forget to turn my sound off sometimes, some days, because it just keeps going and it bothers the hell out of me. But this was, this was probably the first year that I forgot to turn off my notifications. And, uh, it wasn't until randomly, maybe about, 3 30 4 o'clock in the morning where I like rolled over uh just to see what time it was because I thought I slept a little longer than I did and I'm just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and once again like thank all of you guys because once again it's a reminder like damn okay you know there's some there's some positivity out there there's some positive energy out there um it's also a reminder of like how close of the connections that you make in life. Because since I've moved, I don't see the people that I used to see every day. And, you know, distance is always a true testament of connection. And, you know, there's times where you can move a state over and those people that you hung out with every day, you don't hear from them ever again. Like, oh yeah, you know, you can always come and visit me. I'm only about two hours away. <laughs> Scrap that. I don't ever happen. Uh, so I moved about eight hours away. Uh, but 
hearing from everybody and all that. And trust me, I know how birthday wishes goes. I'll have this one conversation with you now, and I'll probably have another one with you during Christmas and won't hear from you again until this time next year. But it's just the fact that the thought came across your head or Facebook just notified you and was like, wish this motherfucker happy birthday. I appreciate you took the time out to post on the wall or send a message or whatever it may be. But for the people that are in here, boy, we drinking already. So I don't know what y'all got going on. I know it's 11 or 10 or nine, or if you're in a different country, it could be motherfucking whatever o'clock. But over here is Jameson and Ginger O'Clock. So let me take my sip. I don't know if y'all can hear that, but it it sound crispy. It sound crispy in my headphone. Shout out my guy Norris. He said he got a beer already. Yes, sir. Ah. But hey, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with uh, just some bullshit about (laughs) the oncoming football week. And then we'll just see where this show goes. There is no direction. There is no notes. There is no structure, storyline. Fuck all that. Because I knew today was going to be, I would set myself up for failure if I did all that. Because I would try to overcomplicate it and throw some stuff in. I'm not even trying to do all of that today. So we're just going to go down to games because Thursday, Thursday shows, I want to start to become my uh, prediction shows. Thursday shows, uh, well, Thursday is a good day to one. You have Thursday night football that comes on tonight. Uh, then you you start to get, you know, tom- yesterday and then today you start to get the injury reports that are coming out from everybody uh, as the week is going on. Uh, so you get a better idea on who's playing, how things are going, um, and you can make a, a better prediction, especially with who they've played uh, e- either week. So with that, whoa, 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 whoa. Speaking of that, we got a trade that just happened. So the Vikings are sending Yannick Ngakwe to the Ravens. So check this out. That is very interesting to me because the Ravens, uh, of course, uh, they are constantly bolstering up on this defense. And they have made a point that they are another team that are, are trying to make this defensive identity to where they can take out anybody just via the defense. They already have an electric offense with Lamar Jackson. And I won't say electric. I'd say, uh, staticky. Yeah. 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 Well, a static offense, uh, with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram and Josh Dobbins and all those guys. I'm not even going to say Hollywood Brown right now because we just don't know when the fuck he wants to show up or not. Uh, but, with that being said, the Vikings send Yannick Ngakwe to the Ravens for a 2021 third round pick and a 2022 conditional fifth round pick. So <laughs> I feel like Ngakwe could go for a little more than that. So the Vikings probably won that one. Um, also, for those that don't know, the trade deadline is coming up. So you're going to start getting 
you're going to start seeing a lot of these people start to float around. Um, and with that, I mean, the, the Chiefs are, we've are, I feel like we've made our move pre-trade deadline. And it wasn't even a trade. It was the fact that we picked up Le'Veon Bell uh, as a free agent once he was cut from the Jets. And I feel like that's our move. Um, if there's anything, we may sign a guard slash tackle or maybe a, I would like us to sign a corner, uh, but I don't see that happening. It seems like in the DB room, a lot of our, uh, you know, staff has a lot of confidence in what the DB room has right now, uh, but it, we'll just see how it goes. Uh, there are rumors about Odell being up for, for trading options. There are rumors about, uh, John Ross from the Cincinnati Bengals that could go up. Like there's, there's a lot of things that could go around with this trade deadline and we'll just see how it goes. But there are also teams that are not going to touch any players because they just, they're fucking trash and they don't want to do anything to improve their team. Um, also there are teams that their mentality is just going to defeat them from picking up good players. It's like, uh, what the Miami dolphins are doing right now. They are putting in Tua, and I believe it is too early. And I believe they sacrifice the morale of their team because if you haven't seen in the press conference yesterday with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he got real vulnerable and mentioned how, when he learned Tua was taken over, now granted, on Sunday, when Tua came in at the end of the game and started getting snaps, you saw Ryan Fitzpatrick on the sidelines, like egging on the crowd to continue cheering. Like, give this man his ovation. This is his first NFL, um, you know, snaps that are coming up. Like, cheer for this man. And then. Little did he know he was cheering on the man that was going to take his job very, very soon. Um, and I, I just think it's too early. One, he's coming back from this hip injury that a lot of people thought would take him out of being drafted in the NFL, especially being drafted in the first round. Then you heal, you come back, you get drafted. Cool. And everyone's expectations is, when their original buy was going to happen later in the year, ah, we might see him after the buy, or we may see him week 16, 17, depending on how their, you know, their schedule shakes out. And then we'll see him finally take the reins of the team next year. Well, since their buy got pushed forward, I guess they still stuck with the plan of him starting after the buy. And now it's on Tua. And Ryan Fitzpatrick said in his um, post-practice presser when he spoke to the media that his heart was broken when he found out. He said that he was really upset when he found out that he would no longer be starting with the team. You have veterans. You have veterans that have either come to this team or have been bred by this team that were really excited to see where this team was going to go behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. You were seeing teams, well, you were seeing players step up their game, especially in the fact that the AFC East is almost for the takings right now. The Bills are looking very vulnerable. The Patriots look very vulnerable. 
so you're looking around and you're like, well, we we could make a run for this, especially in a in a playoff situation where guess what? There's an extra, you know, there's extra teams that are going to be able to make it into the playoffs. This is a good year for Brian Flores to be able to make a playoff appearance with the Miami Dolphins. And you are taking a quarterback that has been winning games for you in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you're like, well, you know what? We just want to let you know it's time. Ouch. Yeah, I don't I don't know if uh, my heart would be ripped out, but uh, I definitely can sympathize with Ryan Fitzpatrick because he is one of those guys where, yeah, he's I feel like he's been on every team in the NFL. But that guy, for some reason, when you feel like a team wants to lose a game, he's going to somehow throw them back into the game. It, it just it's how that happens now. The question is, if you're Ryan Fitzpatrick, do you chase a trade before the deadline? Do you ask these teams that are in a quarterback rut? Do you demand a trade and try to go there during this year? Do you leave the Dolphins? And I mean, who knows? Fitz could look at the situation and be like, well, you know, the kid could get injured again and I could get my role back. Or I could go somewhere else, and if he gets hurt, well, fuck it. Like, that was their decision. That's what they wanted to do. Because just think about it. If Fitzpatrick went to, what about the Washington football team? Or, you know, anywhere <laughs> in that NFC division? You know, if he if he went to uh, the Cowboys? You know, like that kind, you get Ryan Fitzpatrick in a Cowboys uniform, they're going to win more games than with Andy Dalton. Same thing with Washington. If you had Ryan Fitzpatrick starting and then you you get over your nut of Kyle Allen and you put Alex Smith at second, because I'm going to be real with you. If Alex Smith is cleared and you're activating him on the roster, Stop wasting the time and having him just play play backup when Kyle Allen is losing games for you. He is no better than Dwayne Haskins. He is no better than Joe Blow off the street. So why did you jump the gun and not just demote Dwayne Haskins, but comp- to the point where he's undressed. He's QB3. Like, that baffles me. Now, granted, it seems to be there's some kind of uh, mentality difference or difference in coaching and all that. And that's why Dwayne Haskins and the coaching staff or the front office, they just don't see eye to eye. But that happens when new re- new regimes come in and they don't have the quarterback that they want. They want to pick a quarterback that reflects their regime. And that makes sense. But Dwayne Haskins didn't even get a fucking chance. And I'm not saying this dude's cold. I'm not saying that Dwayne Haskins could be a flourishing quarterback in any system. I don't know because we haven't seen enough. But what I do say is that Kyle Allen is not has not put up 
a better fight at starting QB than he did. More trading opportunities. Odell Beckham. Now, I am a fan of Odell as an athlete. Strictly what he can do on the field is incredible at his position. And I feel if he was on a better team, if he was in a better system, if he was around better people, he would be in a league of his own right now. You saw the difference in mentality when he was in New York versus when he's in Cleveland. And I'll tell you the one thing that changed that. It wasn't Baker. It wasn't uh, a more high-powered offense or anything like that. It was Jarvis Landry. That was one positive person. And you saw the complete like shift in maturity in a positive way. When it comes to Odell, just think if he went to a locker room that had like five people like Jarvis, the kid would be insane. But instead, you have a situation where your QB's trash because Baker Mayfield is. You're relying on a running game. Now you're running, your running backs are starting to get beat up because your O-line is trash. And now every time something goes wrong, they don't point a camera at Baker. They don't point a camera at the head coach or the OC or the DC or anything like that. They point a camera at Odell to see how he's going to act. And last year, Odell had a chance to say, this franchise is trash. The Browns have always been trash. I just came here to change it, but I can't fucking do it if they don't throw me the ball or When they do throw me the ball, I have five motherfuckers all over me, and that's just where I am. He had several chances to say things like that, but he didn't. He said, I'm here to win, and that's pretty much it. Now you're getting emotion out of Odell, and they're trying to pull it in so many different ways. Just like in media yesterday, Odell said, you know, uh, I don't want no part of COVID. My body doesn't want no part of COVID. I feel like I'm not going to get sick. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. You know, throw throw the cliche line in there. I'm built different, like all that. There is something about the generational gap when it comes to speech. And for me, I take that as Odell is speaking what he wants into existence. He is saying that yeah, my body don't want no part of COVID. I don't want, you know, COVID don't want no part of me because I'm speaking that into existence. I'm letting you know I don't want to get COVID. I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, I could walk around the corner and get COVID. It's just like how people say, you know, anytime they're like, well, you know, I hope I don't lose my job tomorrow. And then they go and knock on wood because they just spoke that into existence. And now their subconscious is like, whoa, 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 I need to do something to remedy that. It's the same situation. But since it's Odell and since it's the media, which most media are not his generation or younger, they take that as Odell feels that he's above COVID. Odell feels that he is better than most people. That's why he won't get sick. And that's not the case. 
I find that really baffling. And then hours after that, if not eight hours after that, the news comes out that LSU banned Odell from the facility for two years. Boy, oh boy, Odell can't get a break. He can't get a break. Yeah, Odell is banned from LSU for two years due to the, it wasn't an incident, but due to his actions at the previous national championship game that LSU won, um, you know, he had the situation with the police officers that came up and fell off. And then it was, oh, Odell was handing out money to players after the game, which the NCAA should be doing anyways. You know, you sell jerseys with these kids' names on them. And <laughs> you run them into the ground and you have them, hell, you have them playing during this season where there are people that are still out of work. You had all these scientists and medical doctors talk about how colleges are in the the worst situations to continue going. Yet you want college football to continue. Me and Josh talked about this in the last episode. But Odell, they said Odell gave out around $2,000 in in $100 bills to each player. Now you have players that may risk uh, losing their scholarships. There's also more information going into a booster uh, that did certain things for other players as well. And now Odell, one of the, I want to say, more outspoken LSU, you know, banner wearers, banned from the facility for two years. And what's crazy about this is that you're you're seeing fans split sides when it comes to this because you have fans that are attacking him early that morning, talking about how could he talk about COVID like that? COVID is not... You know, he's not above COVID. COVID is above everyone else. And then you have the people that are like, how dare you ban him from LSU? He's helping those kids out. Those kids don't get the money that they deserve. You want to talk about a polarizing football player? (laughs) Odell Beckham is that polarizing football player to where everything that he says And almost everything that he does, whether if it's for or to the football demographic, it will be talked about outside of that demographic. There's not many of them out there. You have Odell. Right now, rising, you have Pat Mahomes. Mm, Tom Brady. Outside of that, how many football players do you follow like that? Because when Odell news hits, it's all over Twitter. No matter what it is. It could be like, Odell just rolled up in a new car. Look at it. And Odell didn't even post it. It's just some random motherfucker that walked out of a QT and saw Odell get out of his car. That's how, that's how quick it happened. Polarizing. Anyways, another sip of this Jameson and Ginger for the birthday. (sighs) 
sir. That's just so wild to think. So wild. So with that, we're going to get in to this week's football. Speaking of Odell and his former team, that's who plays tonight. Thursday night football in the match of who gives a fuck and how. How a team with one win (laughs) could be leading the division in the New York football Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a shit show. Like, who cares? That's that's me being honest. It's a full shit show. It is primetime Thursday night football. And lately, the Thursday night football games have been full of shit. They've just been bad. And this is going to continue that trend. Daniel Jones and the Giants have done nothing. Saquon, after Saquon went out, it's just like, okay, well, what's left in this offense? Fucking who, Sterling Shepard? <laughs> it's a joke. And who cares who wins? I'm not, I'm not even going to give you the satisfaction of sitting here and talking about this game because who cares who wins? That whole division should just fucking, like they should take the Washington route rebrand themselves and fucking I don't I don't know if you just take that division and just implode it and add a new team to other divisions. I don't know what you have to do. It's just bad. Cuz essentially in the AFC where your your number 1 seed is going to have the bye, in the NFC you're going to have two teams with a bye. Because you're going to have your number 1 seed and then you're going to have Whoever has to face these jackoffs in this division. Because if you get a playoff game and you have to play either the Giants, the Eagles, the Cowboys, or the Washington football team, you have another bot. You have a warm-up game. You have a postseason warm-up game. And for the teams that are playing, they know exactly who they are. That's the bad part. They know exactly who they are. And that's a shame. So, for tonight's game, who gives a shit? Um, hopefully, by 820, uh, it'll probably be post-dinner, and I will be just intoxicated enough to slightly look at this game and just laugh at the comedic effort of the football, because that's probably the best I'm going to get out of it. And it sucks because my homeboy, shout out Murder One, his birthday was yesterday, is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And he he is pissed at all of them. And what sucks even more, their injuries look like a fucking Harry Potter book. Zach Ertz, out. Uh, Dallas Goddard, hurt. Miles Sanders, out. Alshon Jeffrey, out. I could I could continue. This is just off the top of my head. I'm not even looking at an injury report. I could just guess a star player, and I'm sure they're going to be out. I actually wish... No, I'm not going to wish injury on anyone. But it would probably be better for them if Carson Wentz was on the list. Because then at least Jalen Hurts could get, you know, face another bum team and hopefully get some reps to lead towards the future. But other than that, it's like, bro... 
this shit sucks. So we'll move to Sunday. Sunday we have shit, more bullshit. So Sunday we have Bills Jets. So a scrimmage game for the Bills. This is this is the Bills confidence booster. Because the Bills, after suffering two losses in a row, they were, you know, spoke in the media about being playoff bound and all this thing. And Josh Allen is getting so much better. And they could take the AFC East from the Patriots. And this is their time. Okay. Well, now you just ate two in a row. Now you're going to go and beat up on the Jets. And that narrative is going to be back on. But spoiler alert. Just to let you know, I'm still not going to believe in them. Because when the when the Bills beat the Jets, uh, what, 30, 34 to 3? When they do that, I'm like, good job. You're supposed to do that. <laughs> but who fucking cares? Panthers-Saints, another game where the Saints should Beat the Panthers. But Teddy Two Gloves. <laughs> Teddy Two Gloves is going to pose an issue. Why? I have no idea. Because the Panthers, as, as highly as I talked about them last week, they're not that good. And it took me a minute to watch them a little bit more. And they're not that good. But also, on the other side of the coin, neither are the Saints. And I already told y'all, I've bought out on the Saints. I don't believe in them anymore. They're not the same football team. And with the fucking debacle (laughs) that you have going on in your star wide receiver, when is he ever going to get back on the field? He starts problems. Cool. Then he gets hurt because the injury report says that he tweaked his hamstring. And now that continues the roller coaster of, oh, now we're going to have to keep making excuses for Drew Brees on why he's not throwing downfield. Oh, it's because he doesn't have his number one wide receiver. Guess what? Fucking get over it. That's football. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Browns Bengals, who fucking cares? I have been watching the Bengals just to see how Joe Burrow is doing. And the rest of the Bengals around him have made that team so fucking unwatchable. Because every time where this kid does everything that he can to put his team in the right position to win a game, everyone else around him fails him. And it is ruining watching Joe Burrow and his NFL progression. It's sad. And hopefully it doesn't turn into a situation like what's happening with Matthew Stafford with the Detroit Lions. Who the Lions play the Falcons. Another game on who fucking cares. I don't know what has happened to the one o'clock lineup. But you know, the one o'clock game used to, you know, it used to have some gems in there. The one o'clock games used to have some like Okay, there's like eight of them going on or so. There's probably two that are worth watching before the four o'clock come on. Now, unless the Chiefs are playing at one o'clock, I feel like I shouldn't even watch the one o'clock hour. 
that's just how I feel. And it's it's terrible to feel that way, but that's how I feel. And no, I'm not blaming the offseason. I'm not blaming no, I mean, blame, blaming COVID or no preseason or no fans or nothing like that. It's just been bad teams being bad teams. That's it. Cowboys versus Washington. Who? Fuck, I have to drink again. I, I, that's how bad it's been. Cowboys versus the Washington football team. This was, this, before Dak went out, this was supposed to be one of those ego games. This was supposed to be one of the games where the Cowboys go into Washington. And yeah, maybe Dak gets sacked three or four times because th- their defensive front is, it poses problems. But this was supposed to be one of those games where you hang 30 up on them and go home. But now that deck is gone and you're not making a trade for Fitzpatrick in two days. And even with that, with the COVID protocols, you would have to do six days of quarantine and testing and all that before you can go to another facility, even though you are currently doing that with your team. It's another hard thing. (laughs) Mm. Packers, Texans. I'll keep an eye on that because I'm very interested on how the Green Bay Packers will bounce back after being bullied by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Definitely bullied. And it was it was ugly. And I hate it for my guy, Aaron Rodgers, but he got bullied. The Texans, fucking shut up. Like, another quarterback... That's getting his time wasted and in Deshaun Watson. Like, just just think, just think if instead of trading D Hop, you know, just keeping them fucking there, the Texans would probably be a better team. Or what about just trade if you if you want to blow up the fucking team? Just trade fucking Watson so he can have a productive career somewhere. You know, what if what if Watson went to, you know what, what if the Texans said, you know what, we're not fucking doing anything this year, even though, even though they just paid him, so this would never happen. But what if Watson went to the Cowboys? Literally, you could put that situation on any starting quarterback. Or what if this was the time where they were like, you know what, fuck it, let's sign Cap. We don't have any other option. Do we want to win games or not? And that's really the the cornerstone of a lot of football moves. And I don't mean physical football moves. I mean like chess piece football moves. Do we want to win games or not? And a lot of teams, it seems like if you were to ask around that organization, the question is no. (laughs) To be honest. That just seems to be the question because when you have franchises like everyone, uh, including the Cowboys, Washington football team, New York football giants, the Eagles, the Lions, the Jaguars, I don't 
I just don't think they want to win. Lions, Falcons, who cares? Oh, the Falcons got their win. They can turn it around. It was Dan Quinn. No. No, teams are always going to play harder when they're in transition. Because in a player's mindset, guess what's going through? Oh, I could be traded. Oh, what if I don't fit the new system of the new coach? Oh, what happens when the new GM comes in and he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I want to blow everything up, make my own regime. I need to put the best recent tape because as I've always said, the NFL is a, what have you done for me lately? Not what you've done before type of league. So I need to put the best tape on and I need to go and ball out. That's what happens. That's why you see Matt Ryan playing for his life right now. Julio's going to catch whatever that's coming to him. Because the older you are, the more, the more easy you are to move out. Especially when someone's willing to pay for you and we're tired of it. Do I think they beat the Lions? Who fucking knows and who cares? The Lions get, matter of fact, to give Falcons fans a little hope, the Lions give up more leads than you on the regular. So I guess feel happy about that because the Lions could be up on you by 35. And by the end of the game, you're winning by 42. So you have a shot. You have a shot to reverse Falcons yourself. Great fucking job. But don't let DeAndre Swift come home and fucking run all over you. Because if that happens along with Adrian Peterson, then you're just in for a long day and... The only people that are going to be watching is Dan Quinn laughing if you guys lose that game. Steelers-Titans. This is the first intriguing game. The first, probably the only intriguing game of the 1 o'clock hour outside of seeing the Packers. Because the Steelers have a chance to start to prove to me if they're real or not. While on the other side, the Titans have the same same exact uh, situation. You have one of the strongest running backs in the league, if not the strongest running back, going against a pass rush and rush defense and rushing defense that does very, very, very well at what they do. So it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. That play action, you know, cotton candy football that the Titans like to do. I don't think it's going to fly against the Steelers unless the Steelers are just not who they say they are. And maybe once they go up a half decent O-line and a running back that doesn't go down after first contact, shit's not going to go how it has been going. But we'll see. It's definitely very interesting. I'm going to pick the Titans in that game. If you're interested in my picks, I'm picking the Titans in that game. Oh, man, oh, man. You know what? I don't even think there's going to be a break this show. I don't think I'm going to go the full two hours on this show. uh, Because I think after my football picks, I'm just going to talk some shit. You guys can invite some people to talk some shit. You guys can call in to talk some shit. I think that's going to be it. 
because it's my birthday. <laughs> and that's how I'm going to call it. So four o'clock game. The fight of two birds, the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Now, this should be fun because you're seeing Russell Wilson duel it out with many Russell Wilson. You know, football, baseball backgrounds, can sling the rock wherever, can run when needed. Tremendously um, undervalued because they're undersized. But very good at football. It should be a good game. That actually kicks off the start of the better games of the day. But is it interesting enough to really like sit down and have a beer and really watch that game? If you're not a, you know, Hawks or Cardinals fan, probably not. Or it could be one of those, you know, Rams Chiefs. Uh, you know, actually the Rams had a lot of those games um, that season where it could just become a shootout and it could be real fun and really interesting to watch. Who knows? Uh, I actually think the Cardinals squeak out a win on that one. I think Kyler Murray ha- is starting to ride a little hot wave. I think uh, that wide receiving core as a whole is a little better than what what the uh, Seahawks have going on. I also think the Seahawks defense is just, there's just too many holes going on in it. And the Cardinals defense is starting to show more and more like Buda Baker is playing out of his mind right now. Seeing how he was screaming downfield, no matter who it was running back fullback. Oh, want to run a wide receiver screen. If you want to, like he was just flying all over the place. I don't know. It could be some issues. But I I think the Cardinals pulled that one out, which will hurt the Russ MVP stock, which will hurt the Seahawks to the Super Bowl talk. Like The the Seahawks got a, a, a lot going for them going into this game. Just like the Kansas City Chiefs who play at 425 against the Denver Broncos in Denver. Now I'm not going to rummage through the stats of how many times we've beaten the Broncos in Denver. I'm not going to rummage through the stats of how the AFC West has run through Kansas city since Andy Reid has been there. Um, Look, it's going to be cold. They're calling for snow. We saw what happened last time. Pat Mahomes was in snow in Denver. I, Look, he enjoys playing in the snow. He calls himself a snow game kind of guy. He says he can spin it in anything. Tyreek Hill actually said he likes running in the snow. Well, in that snow, in that game, because it was a little more sticky and he could catch traction better than his defenders, which is why when Pat would throw him a ball, there would really be no one around. All that says to me is that the Chiefs understand what they have to do, have the running game to do what they have to do if throwing the ball does not work, and they can win a divisional game and head home 
knowing that the schedule is about to ease up just a little before it gets a bit tougher. Jaguars Chargers. Justin Herbert, go have a day. Like, the Jaguars don't even know who the Jaguars are. They're fucking trash. I don't know. I mean, shout out to my guy. Um, <laughs> because what what really sucks is that I have no faith in the Saints, and I played football with a guy that plays for the Saints. Um, I also worked uh, with a kicker from the Jaguars, so it's like I want to root for them. I want I want to pay my guys respects. Like I want to root for them. But bro, if your team is trash, it's trash. Like I can't fucking help that. So there's that. Uh Justin Herbert, go have a day. You know, sling four or five touchdowns on Jackson and get the fuck out of there. 49ers Patriots. Well, these are two teams that are in this odd funk of you don't know who the fuck they are and if they can win games or not. Because you look at this game. And if you look at this game two, three weeks ago, you'd be like, wow, the Patriots are going to blow out the 49ers. And then if you were to look at this game a week ago, you'd be like, oh, Cam's out because of COVID. We don't know how long that's going to be. Contact tracing. We don't know who all else is going to go out. Stephon Gilmore's out. The 49ers are probably going to blow out the Patriots. And then you look at it now and you're like, okay, which version of which team are we going to get? Because the Patriots just lost to the Denver Broncos via field goals. And the 49ers are trying to act like they're that team again. You know, running into rounds with Debo, tight end screens to Kittle. You know that shit where Jimmy G doesn't really have to do anything. He can just hand off the ball or dump it off. And, all you know, everything else just happens. Yeah, those those that kind of 49ers play, yeah. But what is that going to do against the Patriots team who got, I think, more emotionally kicked in the mouth than when they played us in the Kansas City Chiefs because you had all of your people out there. You had a Cam. You had Stephon Gilmore. You had all of the playmakers that, could be used as an excuse of this is why we lost the game because so-and-so was out. And you got beat by the Denver Broncos by field goals, by Brandon McManus, not by anybody else. Drew Locke didn't score a touchdown. Melvin Gordon didn't score a touchdown. The defense didn't get a pick six or anything like that. Now, the defense did eat on some sacks, though. But when it comes down to it, You got beat by the leg of Brandon McManus. And I don't know if I have the confidence to say you will beat this icy, hot, wishy-washy 49ers team. I just, I don't have the confidence in saying that. But fucking who am I? You can easily sway me in one game. You know who can't sway me in one game? The fucking Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) They can't do it. And they play primetime on Sunday. Against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I hope they get ran the fuck through. I hope Tom Brady has one of them times where he just wakes up and he's like, you know what? I'm going to throw fucking 50 touchdowns today. I hope 
the Raiders get so exposed because they, ever since they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, they have felt like they won the Super Bowl. They feel like they are Super Bowl bound. My friend, my guest of the last show, Josh Wheeler, said that the Raiders would be AFC championship, you know, quality. That That's what they are. They, they're in contention to go to the AFC championship. And I just want you all to know the Raiders are going to do no such thing. Will John Gruden finally get it together and get a complete team and really make a run for these things? Yeah, but it's not this year. Sorry about it. There's other things that are uh, in the fold for that. I think Tampa Bay, especially after heating up after Green Bay, goes to Vegas and beats up the Raiders and goes home. Josh Jacobs is not going to be able to run like he has been running against the Buccaneers. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And I'm sorry, but Derek Carr, if <laughs> if you saw Aaron Rodgers have problems throwing against that defense, you really think you about to go and light it up? You have me all the way fucked up, if you think I believe that. And then the next game, Bears-Rams, Monday Night Football. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, come on. Bears are the worst one-loss team in the entire league. That's just that's just how that is. All the teams that have one losses, you put the Bears in it, and it just doesn't match up. It doesn't make sense. But what I do love, um, Nick Foles' post-game interview, that boy let some fire out, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Because I enjoy Nick Foles. I enjoy Nick Foles as a player, his story, like all that. But, man, everything else is just trash. Like, who, who, who fucking cares? Like, I hate, I hate to say that about so many games. I hate to be that person to be like, oh, who cares about this game? And this is the voice of fandom podcast. I'm supposed to, like, be about all fandoms. But this is also... I'll listen to the intro with a mic in his hand. He lets you know, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. If your team is trash, we're going to talk about how your team is trash. And then you can tell me about how you're a fan of them later. Like, that's just how that is. <sighs> but yeah, Bears, Rams, trash. Rams should win that game. Bears should go back to normal. Um, that's how that goes. Uh, other than that, that's all the football games for this coming week. Uh, I don't have any other news. Oh, boy. Besides that, the Ravens. I don't even know how credible this is. Hold on. It looks like, from what's being said, that the uh, Ravens are assigning Des Bryant to their practice squad, which is a move that they would make so that they can continue to make room on their roster, especially after the move for Ngakwe, you have to, you know, shift, move people around. You could put them on the uh, three week IR that's on there. Like roster roster shifting is a lot easier this year with all of the moves and shakes because of COVID. But yeah, that is the latest news right now is that Baltimore plans to sign 
Des Bryant. Interesting. And what I find funny is that uh, a lot of people are like, oh, Des Bryant's old, walked up, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, bro, he's 32. Like, get over it. it. Athletes can last longer in the league now. That's just how that goes. And Des is finally probably having enough time to get over the injuries that have been, you know, jumping all over him recently. Yeah. It is it is completely out there. Des Bryant is playing to sign. That's that's wild to see. But also, once again, the Ravens are just doing Ravens things. Is is this going to matter? Is this going to be a big deal for him? Now, I think that wide receiving locker room with Des Bryant in there, I think as far as mentality and technique and all that, it's it'll be a clinic every day at practice, you know? So that's good for them, but will that translate into winning games? Who knows? Who fucking knows? Also, there's no news on where John Ross uh, plans or wants to go. He wants a trade. He wants out of Cincy. What's hard is that if he wasn't beaten up so much, I, I am positive. I am positive that if he was not beaten up so much in his career, Andy Reid would try to go after John Ross. I mean, come on. He ran the fastest 40 time, and y'all know how much Andy loves speed. He would be all over that. And to think if you had a healthy John Ross, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Miko Hartman, shut the fuck up. Like, you just, you can run crossers and slants and ugly digs and all that, all those routes all day. Matter of fact, you could run hitches, curls. You you could run any route that you want, and they're going to beat two of those four receivers are going to beat their DBs every time, and you're going to have a completion. It sucks. That's almost where we are now. But John Ross is, he, I bet his fucking health report looks like a damn dropped potato like this is bruised and beat up everywhere there's no fucking reason for us to make that move i think our Levion move like i said at the very beginning of the show was our move of the off season and i think that's just that's just where we are so in other words outside of the nfl is there much is there much else going on i mean come on we're listening to music uh, new 21 Savage album. Uh, you know, you got that Lemonade remix. Really like that. But, uh, you know, there's not too much going on. You know, Big Sean, Detroit 2. If you hadn't listened to that, you're tripping by now. Um, Matter of fact, shout out Big Sean. Shout out Hit Boy for liking my tweet talking about the album. Uh, shout out my dude, Billy. If you're not following Billy, you're tripping. Billy does all of the uh, like trailer videos, hype videos, stuff like that for the Chiefs. Uh, th- their media department's fucking insane. Shout out, Billy. I've uh, been talking to him a lot recently, and uh, Billy Billy's cool dude. Creative, creative dude, too. But with that being said, like I said, this is going to be a shorter show, and this show is going to end mm, about right now. So... I love you guys. I appreciate all of the support. I appreciate all of the happy birthday wishes. Raise your glasses up high. 
You know who it is. It's your boy, and I'm out this bitch. I love y'all. Thank you for listening to the Voice of Fandom podcast. You can join live every Tuesday and Thursday by downloading the Podbean app or listen to audio playback exclusively through the Kansas City Podcast Network, available by app download or anywhere else you choose to listen to your podcasts. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nietzsche.